0: Hey everyone, welcome to a special edition of the South Sports and Stuff podcast. In this one, Bills linebacker Lorenzo Alexander breaks down wildcard weekend. The Bills actually played all four teams playing in this weekend's wildcard games in the AFC. Then we talk about the NFC games and we go through the entire playoff picture. He even has what I think might be a surprise pick coming out of one of the conferences for you. We'll talk about Ryan Clark's comments on Antonio Brown. And Lorenzo is someone who's going to be in the media when his career is over. So we'll get his thoughts on that. And speaking of his career being over, is it yet? What about next year? What's going to happen? His future and the future of the CBA. What should we expect when it expires after the 2021 season? Enjoy it. Sal Sports and Stuff, Lorenzo Alexander. All right, Sal Capaccio with Lorenzo Alexander. Uh, first of all, Happy New Year, Lorenzo. Uh, congratulations on an amazing uh, season for you personally once again.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, it's uh, been a fun ride here the last three years. And able to finish off where I did is real cool. Obviously, we lost Kyle, but... We're looking for bigger and better things, obviously, next year. Looking forward to being able to come back here and uh, do something special in this city.
0: And obviously, you say looking forward to bigger things next year. Everybody wants to know what the status of that is. Um, Seems like the team has indicated they'd like to have you back if things work out. It seems like you've indicated you'd like to come back to Buffalo. But uh, where does all that stand in your mind?
1: You know, a a lot of it right now at this point is just preliminary talks and and just trying to come to an agreement. Um, I think at this point, as far as me and my wife, you know, I think we're going to end up playing – uh, one more year, and uh, definitely wanted to be here in Buffalo and be able to retire here. Obviously, we we become really invested in this city. Uh, the community accepted us. Um, our kids love it here. They love going to school here. They're like, "No, nah, we don't want to leave." You know, at the end of the season. So all those things have kind of led for you know us to be hopefully be back here next year. So it's kind of a waiting game at this point. And uh, you know, this is a uh, the side that I really don't like the business side of football when you have to you know talk money because at the end of the day, I just want to. play football and um, enjoy with my teammates
0: yeah speaking of that I mean you do have things on the other side you can get to Uh, you're obviously a guy that's been in the media you have some stuff set up in the media as you go forward here so you're going to transition into that point at some time Um, you know how 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 how, like looking forward to that are you you know to kind of not necessarily end football but you know to, to start that chapter of your life
1: yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things I've always done uh, coming into this league as an undrafted uh, free agent back in 2005. I uh, really realized that, you know, the NFL it wasn't for long. So I've always dabbled in other things outside of football, whether it was interning at the NFL PA or as a car salesman or taking various different um, uh, boot camps that the NFL offers in, in real estate and finances, uh broadcasting as well. Uh, so I've always t- tried to diversify myself because I knew it wasn't going to last as long. You know, obviously I got blessed to still be able to play in this league 14, going to 15. But um, it's something that I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to kind of playing the background, uh, being there with my, my kids, uh, coaching their teams, um, spending a lot more time with my wife, taking some vacations because uh, it's been a grind the last, you know, 14 years, hopefully 15, uh, just playing in the NFL and all that it entails to be able to stay at the top um, in a league where they're constantly trying to find a a replacement for you.
0: How old is your youngest child?
1: Uh, he's four. He's four. So, uh, Is he starting to understand what you do? Oh yeah. He knows, he knows what daddy does. He he knows all the teams, you know, kind of much like your son does. He's able to recite them. Um, um, and you know, every time I'm out there, uh, you know, did y'all win daddy or we won daddy or, you know, who you want to win? Who's your favorite player? Uh, He gets it all. Um, So it's really fun, you know, to be able to play this long, to share those moments Mm -hmm. uh, really with all my kids. You know, each one goes to a game, uh, to be able to come on the field after a game, a home game, uh, to come to the locker room uh, during training camp. Uh, Hopefully I'll be able to have my 8-year-old do training camp with me next year, at least spend the night one time. So those are kind of the the blessings of being able to play uh, such a long career because then your kids can remember it and, and take part in it with you.
0: And we hope that all works out for you. We'd love to have you back in Buffalo. You've been great for this community. Congratulations on uh, being named the, uh, you know, Bill's nominee, I should say, for Walter Payton Man of the Year. And, um, you know, I know that uh, there are a lot more other awards out there that can come your way as far as community service. And you take pride in that, too, and that's something special to you that you'd like to continue, right?
1: Yeah, most definitely. Obviously, uh, community service is something that's near to my heart. It's really a passion of mine um, and really just birthed out of being helped Out of um, love growing up from coaches to to parents to my uncle. Um, A lot of different people have played a role in in me uh, being the man I am today and being so successful. And uh, coming out of the inner city where um, the resources were slim, um, the environment wasn't the greatest to raise a family, you know, with gang and and drug violence going on, Um, I could have easily been one of the statistics. But because I had that great foundation and that network of people around me, I was able to, you know, go to... the University of California, you know, the top university, public university in the country. I was able to have an opportunity to play in the NFL. And not that every kid that I touch is going to do that, but I want to be able to fill the gap and allow them to know that they can be successful, um, whatever that looks like in their life, you know, being a doctor, being a lawyer, uh, being a teacher, um, and just being productive in our in our communities and our society and be able to give back. And I'm trying to really build those young men up. And that's why I partner with organizations like the South Park High School. Tim Delaney doing a great job over there. And as well as the, the Bell Center where uh, Miss Lucy um, is doing a great job with um, the Buffalo inner city uh, kids and families of really trying to help uh, fill the gap in many areas that is needed in, in some of the areas around the city.
0: I want to talk to you about some of the uh, games coming on the playoffs. We can uh, talk about a couple of the games that are going on. You've played some of these teams before I do that, uh, a couple other questions uh, off to the side. First of all, as far as your um, role in the media, there's been a lot of talk lately. I've seen this stuff about Ryan Clark. He came out, he really criticized Antonio Brown for, you know, what happened. He told a story about when he was at training camp a few years ago and how uh, Antonio Brown basically knew he was going to get paid. He knew he was. And he basically went to practice that day and he was yelling at coaches saying I'm the franchise. And Ryan Clark said, Hey, you know, um, you know, started yelling. They got into a big fight, and he said, "You're going to create a monster if you give this guy money." Anyway, he relayed that story on the air. D'Angelo yeah. Williams didn't like that he relayed that story on the air, and he said, "Look, man, you are one of us. Why are you talking like that? What's your feeling on that? And how, how do you balance that going forward as a, a member of the media coming up?"
1: Yeah, that's definitely always a hard situation, especially when, since you've been in the locker room. Uh, you know how um, tight knit the group is. How we try to keep things in house. Um, You know, my rule of thumb is just always trying to be as respectful as possible. Um, I think, obviously, in in Ryan's uh, situation, I know Ryan fairly well, been around him. I know what type of guy he is. Um, There's history there. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I I don't think he, him, and um, A.B. are totally, you know, eye to eye and agree on a lot of things about just how to play this game, uh, what teammate is. And and I feel like um, just the way things have kind of unfolded with that, that you know, he felt like A.B. didn't respect the process or so why should he in this thing, especially trying to give some real light to to the situation there and, and give some, I guess, some kind of uh, context. So, you know, it's always a hard situation. You know, I, I ride with R.C. just because I know Ryan Clark fairly well. I know he's never trying to be disrespectful, but just trying to bring some real light as far as what the situation is, because at the end of the day, he's a stealer through and through. And um there are a lot of other teammates in there that have to endure some of the antics of A.B. So I think he's trying to stand up for them and letting them know, like, hey, this is the real situation. And you're always gonna always going to have people that disagree with how you go about it. But I think he tried to do he, he said it in a very respectful way. It's yeah. not like he was dogging him out. He was just saying this is what it was and this is how it is. And this is probably what's going on now.
0: Well, look, I mean, and the bottom line is you're hired for that job because of your experience. You're hired for that job because yeah. people want to hear what goes on and what it really is like in those situations. He yeah. has, I think he has an obligation to his listeners and his viewers to to, to take us through that door, so to speak.
1: Right. And, and and that's true to a certain extent. I think there is certain lines and stories mm-hmm. and things that you probably shouldn't tell. But I don't feel in this case that he went, you know, out of his way to tell some dirty secret that was right. just, whoa, that really went down. He did all of that. Um so there is a line that you should never pass, and, I, and in my opinion, after kind of hearing it and, and reading the context of the story, I don't think uh, Ryan Clark passed that line in my opinion.
0: All right, so you are heavily involved with the NFLPA. We are in the middle of this uh, CBA, or towards the end of it, I should say, 2021. It is up. I've heard a lot of people say, hey, this time it's going to be a real fight. You know, and, and guys are smarter, they're more resourceful, they're paying attention more, they're saving their money better. Um, right. It looks like it, that Roger and, and D aren't on the same page, really, and who would expect them to be, right? Um, right. What, what should we really be bracing for as fans come 2021?
1: Um, you know, I I always brace for the worst. And that's kind of what we're telling our guys, um, because the NFL have already taken some steps uh, to emulate um, some of the guarantees they had last time with the TV deals. Mm -hmm. Um, I think like you mentioned earlier, guys are smarter, because this time around, there's still guys like me um, in this league that had to endure the lockout, losing, um, um, your medical health care and not quite sure not what's going on as as far as whether or not you can show up and go to work and have a job. And, and obviously all the countless other people that were affected by that as well um, within the building. Uh, So being able to have first count um, opinions on it and responses and be able to educate the guys from a, um, from, from actually going through it. I think it's key this time going around. I think it's definitely going to help us versus last time. I think the, The last work stoppage was like in 92, and it was kind of like this thing that we knew about but didn't quite know what it felt like. So um, I know we have several leaders around um, the league and obviously in our locker room that have really been able to speak to this and let guys know um, the harsh reality of things that could come. And so at the end of the day, uh, when you have two opposing sides in any contract negotiation – Um, You always got to expect the worst and hope for the best. And, you know, I would brace people and and not to feel you want to get stuff done. But at the end of the day, it it never happens as smoothly as it should.
0: When you let's say you do play one more year, what will happen? Will you still be involved with NFLPA? How will that transition happen? Because I know it's something you're passionate about and you really want to help the guys out with.
1: Yeah, I'd definitely probably be be evolved or uh, involved from a probably like a more of a consultant or ambassador standpoint to where I can probably still come in and educate guys or even show up. We had several former players last time or guys that were transitioning out um, help in the negotiation process because they had been so heavily involved during their career. And they didn't want to lose that, that wisdom and knowledge base uh, just because they were no longer in the league. So I probably have um some attachments. I don't quite know what that'll look like because at that point, I'll probably be—I probably won't be on the EC any longer. Um, but you know, if D or anybody in the PA comes asking me, you know, to, to serve in any type of way, I, you know, I'll definitely step up and do it.
0: All right, Lorenzo Alexander, join me here. Sell Stuff and Sports Podcast. Let's do it. Let's talk wildcard weekend. You got two teams you guys faced this year. Unfortunately, uh, did not beat either the Colts or Texans. Two very different games, though. Obviously, yeah. going to Indy, and, and that thing was kind of over a little bit too quickly. In, in Houston, you guys came back, then lost the lead late, or at least it was tied up and and then lost it late. So let's handicap that one first. That is Saturday at 435. Indy at uh, Houston. Tell us a little bit, of the, what are the differences between these two teams? Mm. I think
1: one team is led by their defense in the Texans, and the other team is led by their offense in Andrew Luck. Um, obviously, you have Deshaun Watson, everything that he brings on that side for the Texans. When we played him, though, he was kind of banged up. Um, right. And that's really his game is getting out in space, um, finding Hopkins kind of like in that backyard style, Russell Wilson type of football. So if he's healthy and their defense is rolling, um, I'm going to go with the Texans at home. Um, just because of the way their defense is playing. I mean, they're, they're pretty good on defense as far as turning the ball over and finding
0: ways to score when they need to. And at home, it gets loud in there, and they're deadly. Why d- were the Colts able to run so successfully against you? It seems like they've really kind of turned it up here. Marlon Mack has had a really nice year. He's taken yeah. some people. Uh, they have a very they have a very underrated, now maybe not anymore, offensive line. It seems like everybody kind of oh, yeah. is paying there attention to who they are now.
1: Right, young, they're aggressive, physical yeah. guys. Um, you know, obviously mauler types uh marlon Mack. i mean I, you know he kind of jumped out of nowhere uh obviously he's a young player and he's really kind of solidified in the league this year very explosive can hit the corner can run up the middle in between the tackles i just like the defensive line that front seven of the Texans to maybe contain that a little bit more mm-hmm. when we played them they had some some runs that we weren't quite ready for it hadn't game plan didn't adjust well um and they executed. Um, you know, was able to get on the edge on us, and, and Marlon Mack really just showed how explosive and, and uh, fast he is, is being able to get to that corner, and had several big explosion runs. And when you have, you know, a game like that, it, it opens up everything because now you're playing what gassed you, and then they come back and hit you with something different. And, and that's kind of what happened in our game. They kind of just kept us off. Um, pace a little bit because we were just kind of chasing our tail the entire game and, you know, kudos to them. And obviously Frank Wright being over there. And and as far as him as an offensive mind and what he's doing,
0: what about uh, Deandre Hopkins? What's the key to really trying to slow him down? I mean, obviously Trey had a a couple of balls go against him in the first quarter against you guys, but then he was really good against Deandre the rest of the game. The numbers were, were not very great. Uh, They weren't great for Deandre, but what's the key to a guy like that? He could just seems like he can do everything.
1: You have to, um, Take it to him. He's a guy that if you allow, if you slump off and try to play off, he's just going to abuse it because he's so big, um, he's so strong, has a great catch radius, he's going to push off. So you have to match his physical, mental attitude with that same type of aggression. So you have to be able to get up on him pressing, make him uncomfortable, uh, really make Deshaun come off of him uh, because he feels like he has to get out of the pocket. So it's, it's kind of a, a two-fold because I think we had six or seven sets that game as well. And I think a lot of that had, had to do with, you know, Trey on the outside, jamming him up, keeping him off time. And then we did a good job of keeping Hopkins in the pocket um, and able to sack him and get him down the ground. So I think it's going to take really those two things. And I don't know, indeed they probably have Leonard that could probably spy yeah. Hopkins a little bit and chase him down and keep him in, in, in the pocket on third down, which, is, which was, was insane. Yeah, Watkins. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry.
0: sorry. And and um so but Texans if they're healthy obviously they're very tough to beat like you said at home that would be uh uh your pick there you'd say let's go to the other game that day um that that night I know you seem like you're a very big fan of or at least respectful of Russell Wilson when I talk to you a lot uh, how much you really uh, you really enjoy his game or talking about you know how good he is yeah he's good
1: I mean um, those Super Bowl teams I think people don't really give him credit for what he was able to do but. Mm-hmm. He can make something out of nothing. Um, he's not your typical pocket passer, um, but like I mentioned earlier about uh, uh, Watson, he's just able to get out of the pocket and, and make throws, different angles, you know, throwing it downfield, finding guys open, and just really turning back back f- yard football. And it really makes it frustrating, you know, because you're just chasing him around all day, and he's making these throws, running out of bounds, off of one leg, going across his body. Um, so you know, he's really the focal point of that team, you know, ever since he's kind of got paid and had to relinquish or release some of their players on defense and kind of lose those guys, it's kind of become the Russell Wilson show out of Seattle.
0: Yeah, and then Dallas, I know you're very familiar with being in the NFC East, but this is a different Dallas team. You have not faced them since they had Dak Prescott and uh, yeah. man, a couple of years ago they came here, but even Kellen Moore played in that game. But um right. you know, what do you see from them when you watch the Dallas Cowboys? I know you are familiar with Jason Garrett and the way he coaches, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all about the, their offensive line, pounding the guys, and Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, if those guys are rolling, it just opens up everything up. Um, so if the CR, if Seattle has any chance, they got to really be able to neutralize that or get up on them to where they have to get away from Ezekiel a little bit and feel like they need to put the ball in Dak's hands and throw the ball. I think that's when they struggle a little bit, when they got to get away from the play-action game and really be able to just feed the, the beast back there in, in Elliott.
0: Who are you gonna pick in that game, Seattle at Dallas on on Saturday?
1: Ooh, I'm
0: gonna go with uh, I'm
1: gonna go with C- Seattle. I, I think Seattle's gonna be able to come in there and uh, you know and obviously I, I'm not a Cowboys fan either, so <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Seattle on this and the upset coming in the, and they have some beating them uh, in the, in Arlington.
0: Yeah, you can't go with the Cowboys if you played for the Redskins and have friends still um, playing for the Redskins.
1: Not, uh, plus, my boy Dave Dave Ross loves them, so I, I'm always betting against them.
0: I'll go to the other AFC game in a minute. I want to skip over and say Philly at Chicago a team and the Bears that you guys saw up close and personal. Boy, they really bring it on defense. Um, Mitchell Trubisky and, you know, that offense is now really starting to complement them really well. They overhaul their wide receiver core. But the Eagles are the Super Bowl champions. They get into the playoffs. What do you see here?
1: Well, I haven't watched the Eagles too much. Obviously, Foles is, is back in the, in the in the lineup and is obviously very dynamic. I have a lot of respect for what he's able to do um, and what he's been able to do this year as well. But just coming in and, and playing at a high level, and in every game where he had his back against the wall, he's balled out. But Chicago is a different monster right now. I mean, with Khalil Mack and their defense and how they're playing and scoring on defense, creating turnovers. You know, Kyle Fuller—they they, they just—they're just dominant right now. Um, and then you mix in with their offense with Cohen, who's like that X factor, factor yep. on special teams, and they found ways to implement him on the offense. I, I just think they just have too much on both sides of the ball uh, for the Eagles to go in there on the road and, and, and beat the Bears. So I'm
0: going with Chicago on this one. I may be most interested in the, uh, early Sunday game. That is chargers at Ravens. The two teams you guys opened with, of course, it didn't go very well. That second half of the chargers game, you guys started to find your way on defense and we saw what you did the rest of the year, but, uh, you went into Baltimore. That game wasn't very competitive. The first half of the chargers game, same thing. What do you see from these two teams?
1: This is going to be probably the best game of the weekend. Um, right there with the coast Texas game, I think, um, the Ravens are such a different team now, too, with Lamar Jackson playing. Um, he offers obviously a different element to the game uh, with that, you know, zone read, RPO style offense. Uh, his athleticism, uh, something that uh, they weren't able to bring to the to the table with Flacco, and and they already beat the Chargers too. So that's that's right. a, another element that you got to bring. It's always hard to beat the same team twice. So this is definitely gonna be a chippy game. Um, I really like the story of the Chargers. Obviously, we have our boy Anthony Lynn out there. I also have a couple of Cal Bears on that team that's doing really well. Um, man, this is this is a toss-up, but I'm gonna rock it with the Ravens, just because the Chargers have to go way out east coast, right? On the road, and um, I really like what uh Widow for some reason has has good game plan and understanding of what Phillip Rivers like to do. Obviously, he played with him for a long time. So I'm going to go with, with, with a Ravens defense kind of stifling uh, the offense of
0: the Chargers, and then they, they won't have an answer for Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to go with the Ravens. I'm a big John Harbaugh fan. I think he does a really good job with that team. You know, year in, year out, I think he's, he's one of the better coaches. But, boy, I'd love to see Phillip Rivers get one before he's over, Lorenzo. I just think he's one of the greatest, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's probably the greatest underrated quarterback yep. ever just because he's in 1-1. Um, Phillip's a great guy, great dude, great competitor. Um, so yeah, it'd be great to see somebody like that win one, you know, one for the old guys that, that haven't been, or haven't had a chance to compete for a championship, but it, it's going to be all a uphill battle in my opinion, you know, going into the Ravens, uh, hometown on, uh, when they play Sunday on Sunday, uh,
0: Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And if they do win the Ravens, they will go to the Kansas city chiefs. That's a rematch from a few weeks ago. The chiefs beat them in a close game. Um, but no, I mean, the Ravens can absolutely go to Kansas city and win, right. That would be a, an interesting game.
1: Yeah, I mean, they they had some ventures on that team. Um, obviously, they have a, a dynamic in Lamar Jackson, who's going to be hard to game, plan for. Um, and I like the Ravens in the playoffs, especially now. I mean, they're tested, tried, and true. Um, they have the history of being in there. And I'm not completely sold on the Kansas City's defense, you know. Right. So we, we'll see what happens. If they can't put up the points they, they need to, and, and all these teams, you know, even like the Rams, you know, all the teams that have been, like, high-powered all year, when it gets cold and, and the ball is not flying as well and guys are sore and banged up and the speedy on the outside isn't the same, I always like the more physical team, the team that's been tested and tried throughout a season because they know how to grit and grind when things get close. So it's gonna be interesting once you get to the second round when you face these higher powered offices if the weather's not nice and guys aren't feeling, you know, hundred percent, right. which nobody is this time of year.
0: And then if that happened, you'd also get the Texans at the Patriots. Could they finally have enough? They've had some battles over the last few years.
1: <laughs> man, I, I don't know, man. It, it, they just figure out how to turn it on at the right time, don't they, in the Patriots every single yeah. year. I said, you know. But I, I feel because Gronk has not been as dynamic this year, I think if the Texans are able to get past the Colts, they're just going to rough him up. And if they're able to do that, keep, keep the timing off, they will have a chance to – you know, pick off Brady because he hasn't been playing at at the level that that we're accustomed to seeing. And if they can score at least once on defense, I think they can figure out a way to to go up there and, and beat the Patriots.
0: NFC. If it holds true what you say, you'd get the Seahawks at the Saints, which would be super interesting next weekend. Uh, what what would you see from that matchup? Saints, baby. Yeah. I mean, I'm
1: I'm I'm still scarred. I still feel that butt whooping from last year, man. <laughs> That's right. Favre, Ingram, and Breeze, and. I mean, their defense is, is nasty, too. My boy Kim Jordan out there coming off the edge. Um, they're just a very com- a, a good, complete team. And they can ground and pound. They can go, you know, make it sexy and, and throw bombs on you, and their defense is, is, is pretty stout. They get after it. Um, so I would rock it with the, probably the Saints beating Seattle.
0: I'm going to make this statement. You tell me if you think this is uh, right or not. I would say if I'm in the NFC, I'd rather play the Rams than the Bears. I, I just I think the Bears scare me what, what they can do on defense more than what the Rams can do on offense.
1: Yeah, and the Rams' defense is, is suspect. I mean, right. outside, they're not healthy. Uh, obviously, Marcus Peters hasn't played as well as he has in the past. And uh, linebacker core is not there. Like I said, if you get into a matchup where you have to grind it out, I just I, I just don't believe in those guys standing up and having to make a play when the game is on the line as as far as the Rams defense at this part of the career, at this part of the season. So
0: yeah, and if if the um, Bears
1: and, and Jared has had some um, some struggles right now um, as far as that quarterback.
0: Yeah, and if that does happen, if the Bears do go to the Rams, it'd be like a home game for the for the Bears because in L.A. in that stadium, all those transplant people from Illinois and Chicago, those Bears fans, uh, you're not even getting a home field advantage in that situation.
1: Yeah, no, no, not at all. I mean, the Rams are obviously still new to L.A. and, and really is trying to to uh, um, grip all the fans and energize them. Obviously, L.A. is a very event style town, but like you said, um, a lot of people where the cities kind of relocate there, and I know they're going to show up and be all be all in for the Bears. All
0: right, so if I'm reading you right, it sounds like you're leaning towards the Saints maybe to come out of the NFC overall, and then I, and who in the AFC is it? The Ravens maybe. Yeah, let me see.
1: Yeah, who who would play the Kansas City, and then they would have to play
0: the winner of the, the Texans Patriots.
1: Yeah, that right? Texas would be a great matchup. I know, right? Man, that 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 would be hard. I don't know. I mean, the AFC to me is a toss-up because um, I think the Texans can possibly beat the Patriots. I'm a, I'm a rock with the Texans. They just okay. they've been on high roll ever since they beat us. I mean, they've been rolling through. So. Uh, I'm going to go with the Texans out of the AFC.
0: All right. And then the Saints out of the NFC, I think, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. That's cool. All right. So now Kyle has um, – Kyle's going to wind up going to the Pro Bowl here. And have you heard anything about yourself and, you know, any Pro Bowl possibilities, anything like that coming oh, up for no, you? I'm
1: not even an alternate, man. I'm so far down that list. It uh, had an exodus like they had several <laughs> years ago for me to get a call, but – I'm going to definitely go down there and support my boy. I also have a, another former teammate I'm really close with, Kedrick and whose son is playing in the flag tournament as part of uh, Pro Bowl week. And So I'll be down there hanging out, getting some sun and enjoying the festivities. Hopefully I'll be able to uh, find Kyle and maybe interview him and give him a hard time um, for uh, for leaving me behind. But, you know, it, it's, it's all good. So I, I look forward to going down there and kind of hanging out.
0: And what are you going to do, um, what's your downtime look like here over the next you know, couple of months before you maybe start get back in, getting back involved with contract negotiations and we know what's going to happen with your football playing career? What do you do personally over the next couple of months?
1: Um, just a lot of time, hanging with the family, doing some traveling. Um, as far as working out, I normally take a week off and then I start up doing studies and cycling, Peloton type type things just to kind of juice on um, but we have a lot of trips, you know, going to L.A. Uh, for a PA leadership conference, going to Pro Bowl, mentioned uh, going out to Arizona, going to check to Jared for um, Jackson, a car show out out in Arizona, with my sons and my, and my dad and my brother. So I got some fun things kind of on the horizon uh, to kind of um, break up the time being here in Buffalo for so long and, and, and kind of get some warm weather and really enjoy it.
0: All right, Lorenzo. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Uh, Always appreciate everything you do for us. And I hope we have another year to spend together. If not, I know where to find you, but uh, hopefully we can do that.
1: (laughs) All right, Sal. I appreciate you, brother. Always.